I'll send him the receipts, Don. <laughs> no, you see, Attic, this was yesterday that I sent the, the text message to him in the group. And Lee and uh, everybody, Lee and Ed, they know what I'm talking about. I know they're down there and they're they're probably laughing right now as we uh, going through this. But yes, they're I'm literally laughing on the text message right well, now. Well, the information's out there. So obviously a, a, a whole lot of people's coming to some kind of conclusion that's similar to what we just did. Yeah, absolutely, Attic. My man, Tim. You guys are talking blockchain. Have you guys discussed the smart blockchain technology and the BPSCs? You mean the comprehensive one? Go ahead, Tim. We're all ears. Buddy. I was actually talking for a little bit with my head, with my mic off. Uh, so there's these things called a block or a smart blockchain, and the way that they run their validation process is actually through a BPSC, which stands for a Block Producing Smart Contract. And so it that actually does the validations for it, and a lot of people interact with it. And so there is no need for a miner or a block producer, which is pretty bonkers when you think about it because that saves so much energy and it's so much faster and you can have so many of these getting pumped out way faster than if you had a miner or a block producer trying to validate the whole system. So they just run these block producing smart contracts and all they do is they just verify the transaction, let it go through and they add a block to the end of the blockchain. Um, so that's what I was looking into when John was talking about it's a truly smart chain um, and he was saying it was their own blockchain. And I heard you guys talking about different, you know, proof of stake, proof of work, proof of the device. These are all great ideas. But I was wondering if you guys dug into the whole smart blockchain and how crazy of an idea that would be if they got into something like that. No, absolutely. Um, and I, I need to do more research into that. Um, the The reason why we posed the question initially um, was if we wanted to be cross-chain compatible, um, could we uh, validate the same way that other chains require? Um, and then, like, for our own ecosystem, the BPSC might be, like, well, definitely would be the best way to go. Um, but, yeah, so we were, like, that question we posed to ourselves was merely, like, a means of, like, uh, are, is it possible for us to integrate like Polygon Maddox uh, validation sequence, and then we can go cross-chain to Polygon. Is it possible for us to integrate, you know, Bitcoin Cash's validation and we can go over to Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Gold or even Bitcoin? Um, that's the reason why we initially posed the question. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Is there a necessity for that if the bridges are working so quickly and we're, we're talking about a, our high-speed uh, is there a necessity for, for validation of, of, let me just say, foreign tokens and foreign coins that way? Uh, can, can they live on their own with their own node validation and then, then process through ours or live on ours, so to speak, because of the bridging? Does that work? Yeah, sure. So, um, and the, the question about bridging is, do we want it wrapped or do we want the native token on the chain? Um, and the, the answer, in my opinion, is uh, that we probably want to deal directly with native chains. And this is more so... Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and this is more so in terms of, like, the utility that each uh, chain will provide than, you know, the ability to transact with their cryptocurrencies. Um, 
so if we really want to have a blockchain, um, you know, that can, you know, measure air quality, um, then we can validate the same way using, you know, IoT devices that Algorand does. If we want to uh, have a blockchain that can identify areas of coverage, then we should validate the same way that, you know, Helium does with its uh, miners. So um, that was the important uh, or the reason why I think the question was more important than, um, you know, just the cryptocurrency in and of itself. Like, what can it do? And again, we're a technology company, so that's why I try to ask myself the technology question first before asking myself the question about the, um, you know, the coin and cryptocurrencies. That's a great question, man. I mean, all that information is just great stuff. I actually read an article from LMI where it's, it talks about running all these different things like sensors and IoT and all this stuff. And they're basically saying in that article that if you're running all these devices, all these warehouse IoT things, all these merchants uh, shipping and receiving and tracking, that everything eventually would have to migrate to a singular blockchain platform for it to run well. So something has to be like the leader in the space. And they said through, I guess, through the advancements in blockchain technologies, uh, there's going to be some um, like blockchains that are just going to merge ahead of the other ones. And that's when people are going to start going onto that blockchain because you're going to need a consensus when you're trying to run all these different devices on one singular blockchain. And the only way, obviously, you could do that is A, if it was cheap, B, if it was fast, and uh you know, also if it worked with a bunch of other different technologies. Um, so I don't know if it would be validating all the other processes for these other cryptocurrencies or using different IoT devices or if those IoT, see, that's one of the things I'm still trying to figure out myself is, is it going to be legacy compatible? Is it going to be able to connect to older legacy IoT devices? Or is it only going to be compatible with current new technology that's coming out? And I think maybe that's why they were delaying things for a little bit maybe it was trying to work with the older legacy products that had a slower way of dealing with stuff. And then they're trying to deal with that. So they don't want to release it and not be compatible with things that are out right now, but also have futuristic parts in it that will adapt. Things will adapt to it later on. So, I mean, these are really great questions that you're posing and it's really yeah. interesting stuff. And I think the proxy, you know, solves the second end of that, right? So the ability to have a proxy contract allows us to update with technology um and exactly i'm wondering if the and again i think the bpscs um would be proxies too that'd be really cool that would be yeah that would be really good so let's let's ask this i mean when do we tim in terms of the blockchain when do you see this being unveiled shortly before the exchange? I mean, what are we looking at here? I mean, obviously, giving a time frame when they're going to release it is is, a, is, is hard because I don't know exactly how far that... It does seem like they've made significant progress on it based on from some of the things that John has been dropping. Um, when they're going to do it, I don't know. Maybe that will be their birthday present to all of us is the blockchain. Now, I know some people were saying that that was going to be the exchange uh, Safe Moon Exchange would be coming out on their birthday, but I don't know. I, I I feel like it would be perfect timing if they released a blockchain and then their exchange, because it would make things a lot easier um, going forward 
because it would get people. So this was one of the things that I heard in another space, and I'm not sure if I heard it correctly. Maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but the FUD hound popped in into, I think it was Jeremiah's space about, about a week ago. And he was talking about um, how there will be another uh, movement there. We're going to have to move from where we're at now to the blockchain. Um, and so I was thinking, well, it would only make sense that we would move to that blockchain and then go on to our own exchange. I see, I don't know when they're releasing all this stuff. It seems very, that I think maybe, are they going to list us on the blockchain before we get listed on these major exchanges? Are we on, like, it's, they're shady, man, with these proxies. You can't really see what they're doing, which is cool, but it also makes you want to dig in more and try to figure it out. So I don't know. There's there's a possibility that we could be pretty close to being on it. Um, there's also a possibility that they could be pretty close to launching it and then getting us on it to list us on exchanges because um, I think it would be a kind of a pain to get us on some exchanges and then say, okay, guys, I know you just did your V2 conversion, but now you're going to have to do another <laughs> conversion to get us because now we're on our blockchain. Um, so I don't know if, if it isn't coming soon, then it's going to come later, like in the second quarter. So if it isn't going to come in the next by their birthday, I'm assuming it'll probably come in quarter two. And that's just my guess. And and if they're going to do another conversion, you know, we don't, I don't think we're going to have to do anything. They could do it all on their own. We don't have to, you know, maybe something really simple, nothing big. No, you don't have to migrate at all. You have a proxy. When you have a proxy, you can just update that contract. We're never going to have to move like we did with, from version one to version two. So uh, they they did version two the right way. They made sure they had that proxy in there, and that's what everybody needs to understand. We're not going to have to go through that marathon that, that we went through in the past. And, um, and that BSC bridge comes into play on that too. Did anyone hear the FUD hounds sit, talk about that? I was just wondering if anyone had that or had a recording of it because I, I, I'm pretty sure he said that, but I could be, I could be based really off on that because when I heard that, I was like, whoa. Um, so it kind of shocked me, but maybe I heard it wrong. What was it again? I believe it was in Randolph's space, by the way, not Jeremiah's. It was in Randolph's a week ago. Randolph was hosting, so I would get with Randolph. Randolph probably has a recording for you, Tim. No, just tell me what you're talking about. I'll let you know. I believe I was in Jeremiah's space when the Fudhound popped in uh, briefly, and he was talking about the valid, like moving from the smart contract we're on now to the. He said they would. Yeah, would the one term. More move. The ter yeah, I know what you're talking. The terminology he used was was for the back end. He didn't mean that we're going to be doing the migration. Uh, we will be migrating, but we don't have to go to. Uh, John answered this uh, a, a while back that will there won't be a V two to V three, and and then with the proxy there, uh, that's what it is. So the 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 moving will happen on the back end. Not a, has nothing to do with us, and we won't have to do anything um, because of the proxy and the BSC bridge. Uh, Tim, anything else you want to add other than blockchain that you want to talk about? I mean, I'm sure you guys already talked about this because I came in late, but the, the POS system, I mean, that is just, I mean, that's, I mean, when Gandalf said we'd be doing backflips and shit bricks, I mean, I can't do a backflip to save my life, but I could definitely shit bricks on that one because that's pretty, I mean, the amount of transactions. And when you make something accessible, and that's one of the things they've always talked about is connectivity, accessibility. And when you could get it to people and you could just use your card like that, I think it's just, it's going to change everything. 
because you know it's such a hassle now when you go to a store you can't spend your safe moon if you wanted to go to the grocery store and buy like bananas but you can if you have one of those pos systems that he's talking about installed and it makes it easy for merchants to want to actually accept it so it solves a lot of problems and i see that all over safe moon's ecosystem they see the DeFi space as an opportunity to advance technology which is great but they also see the problems that DeFi has with accepting cryptocurrencies because there isn't a lot of use cases for these bigger cryptocurrencies right so if you look at bitcoin and ethereum like what are the real use cases for them in their real life like in all honesty there isn't a lot but if you make a pos system that can actually stand alone that can accept safemoon that can transact it in businesses at markets anywhere around the world because he even said globally in the, the message that he sent out I mean, that the amount of transactions and volume that that would, I mean, that is, that does answer what he was talking about before when he said the exchange listings are going to be small. I mean, this is going to be, this, this is going to be game changing right there. That whole POS system was just like, whoa. And I'm sure you guys already talked about it, but it's just mind boggling how insane that is. And, I, and I'm so excited for it. And I had no idea it was coming. Did anyone suspect that? And, and to top it all off, Tim, these merchants, these small businesses are going to have to pay one to one and a half percent less for the transaction than they would with a MasterCard, Visa, or American Express Discover. Yeah, that's one of the things that I found through research is that smaller merchants get hit higher transaction fees from banks because they're not doing as many transactions. So it's, it's harder on the smaller businesses and they get taxed more by the banks, which is ridiculous. You would think that the banks would want to support small businesses, but because they're not doing as much volume as like a Walmart or an Amazon, their percentage is like 6% when a Amazon or, or a Walmart is 2%. So it seems like the bigger companies had smaller rates. Well, obviously they're doing more transaction, but that's not the way it should be. The smaller businesses that are still growing should have the same it should be a level playing ground is what I'm getting at. And it's not. And I think this would do that. And it's amazing. Thanks. Hey, Tim, I think you're absolutely right. I want to want to get your opinion on my idea, which is that there really isn't anything innovative about a POS system other than creating adoption. And I think one of the, one of the things that I was thinking about is that this is actually going to be less of a, uh, less of a point of sale. Well, it obviously is going to be a point of sale device, but my, my thought process is that it's going to be wallet to wallet, not a wallet to fiat to depository account. So I think that what's going to happen is that it's going to be an innovative device that gives the ability to use not just a Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover Card, whatever, but it's also going to be a wallet to wallet device so that the merchant can be receiving the the the, the, the crypto and the token or whatever it is that they're being used uh, natively into their own business. Um, that way it actually creates a demand and an understanding for the business owners to actually have actually crypto themselves. So it creates this adoption uh, of, of, of the crypto, of the crypto world and uh, adoption of the cryptonomics, tokenomics and the whole thing. So it's not just creating the ability to off ramp and on ramp, but it's actually creating uh, wallet to wallet transactions. So that may be where we get the um, the smart contract coming into play that says a wallet-to-wallet -wallet transaction can be done at a, at a certain percentage that's better than Visa, MasterCard, 4%, 2%, just like you were talking about. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that idea because I think that's what this is about. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest things about this is being able to transact, like especially if you're a merchant and you're doing purchases overseas, then you don't have to worry about transaction, like foreign transaction fees. You don't have to worry about, um, it, I, I think that's what it's going to solve a lot of problems when it comes to different levels of currency. You know, so like, you know, the, the, the Lassie, the Lassie, is that what it's called over in the Gambia? Isn't worth a lot when you're compared to the American dollar. But if you're using SafeMoon, the SafeMoon's the worth the same here as it is there. So it's really going to change the world if people decide they're going to start purchasing products from the United States over in the Gambia. The Gambia is going to get a fair handshake on this. You know, I think that's one of the issues is that sometimes people will go on vacation. They'll be like, man, I was able to buy everything for the month. And it only cost me like 50 bucks, you know, but it, that shouldn't be the case. These countries are poor for a reason because when people go there, they take advantage of these, the currency uh, exchanges, how, how an American dollar is stronger than this country or, or a pound is stronger than the dollar. And I think this will solve a lot of that through uh, cryptocurrency because that's really one of the greatest things about it is it, it tries to level the playing field. And so I agree with you. I think it's strictly wallet to wallet when it comes to that, um, to, to the transactions. And uh my cat is biting my hand. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that distracted me. But I agree with you. It definitely has to do with transaction to transaction. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a wonderful issue, a wonderful way to handle it. And I think it is going to create that innovation that, that we expect out of SafeMoon. I think it's also going to help help create that demand because people are just going to want it. Um, and, and it's going to help people in business who are just, you know, not, not really understanding the whole crypto space, if they can get into it and they're, and uh, Hey, as a, as a, as a business owner myself, you know, we, and we're accepting Visa MasterCard and we do pay that 3.75%, which is more than, you know, what, what's being paid is like 1.5% level in these massive, you know, big box stores. What, what I'd, I'd love to be able to just transact solely in crypto where, where I can negotiate or at least have, you know, the ability to say, well, the safe moon is only going to charge me, you know, 1.5% wallet to wallet transaction. So those are the kind of things that really gets me excited about it because I know that there's a lot of, a lot of people in my industry that are, that are in fact accepting crypto, but hell, it's just like, well, yeah, we've got a sign out in the, in the lobby. It says we accept crypto, but if somebody wants to pay in it, we've got to have a personal wallet and they send it to our personal wallet, which is fine. But I'd love to have just a, I'd love to have a point of sale device that, that that enables somebody to do that without me having to be there with my phone, you know, or whatever that device might be, uh, so that you know we've we've got. And if this starts to happen across the United States or across the world, we're going to have people who are gaining. We're going to have more wallets uh, uh, being created every, every point of, point of sale device. It's going to be a new wallet, and that new wallet's going to have SafeMoon in it. And you know what happens there? We got volume, baby. And guess what happens when that happens? We all make money. We all gonna make it. What if the point of sale system is on your phone? We were talking about Square earlier, right? What if the POS is on the phone with that Web3 network and it's enabled through your wallet where it's a quick connection? And that's part of SafeMoon Connect. What about that, RJ? Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we do that now uh, through, you know, we, we have a point of sale device, you know, sitting in the, in the front lobby where people can pay that way. And but we also have the ability to and I, I think, you know, most people have probably seen this when you have, you know, vendors or, or um, you know, contractors come to your house, whether they're plumbers or, 
HVAC people, whoever it is, work on your home and they, you know, they've got a little device they attach to their phone. You swipe it on their, you know, your card on there or something like that. You know, I think that that's absolutely a possibility. You know, we have complete integration with, you know, Intuit does it and um, any number of other, you know, uh, uh, apps allow that. So, yeah, is that a possibility? Oh, you betcha. Absolutely. Uh, but I think I would like to see uh, integration through an actual device at the point of sale, whether it's a register or front desk lobby or wherever it is, because that's where you're going to really gain that volume. I agree with that. But what I'm thinking is if you had a POS on the phone, right, with a network that's Web3 enabled and you were able to just send SafeMoon, you know, accept SafeMoon on your phone, right? Like with Square, they had like that little Square attachment, right? That you could put on a, like an iPad. You could do something where you, you don't even have, I guess you could if you had the card, but I'm thinking where you just have a POS system where you send SafeMoon out of the wallet on your phone right to that POS system, like an app that's enabled there. That's kind of what I'm imagining. I don't know. We could see. I'm just speculating and thinking, you know, newer technology, right? Oh, I think you're right on the money. I, th I think, you know, this is going to be fun to fun to watch it develop because as I told you guys, and, you know, this is probably on my first my first discussion with with all of you. One of the biggest things I was so excited about was the card. But this is way, way better than that. I mean, I, I love having the ability to go spend on my own, right? I want to be able to have a, an off-ramp from my wallet to the world uh, and actually gain something from it, whether it's a buy a car, whatever it might be, you know, all of those things. I want to be able to off-ramp really easily. And if I can do that with a card, amen, that's wonderful. But boy, oh boy, we're going to have mass adoption when we start getting point-of-sale devices across the, across the planet. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. It's way bigger than... Uh, it's, it's bigger than, it's bigger than a, than a card because we don't have, and they're going to go hand in hand eventually, but at the end of the day, in, individually, each of us are going to have a card, but as a point of sale device, then everyone gets to use it. Everyone starts to adopt it. This thing gets, this could be, this is going to be phenomenally bigger than just a card so looking at the two together it's just a wonderful concept and it just gets me so excited about it uh backflips and shitting bricks yeah i'm not much about backflips either but i might shit a brick as i'm trying to do a backflip <laughs> oh man i don't even want to imagine that uh tim i mean what do you think about this whole tesla you know sponsoring this may event with safe what do you think about that i mean i want a tesla so i that's my next car for sure i already ordered a cyber truck a while ago back in november like two years ago but yeah um, me too, man. i uh i really want a car like i don't like gasoline i like green technology and i think i obviously we know from what we heard from safe moon that they're really into green technology so it just seems like a partnership that would kind of fall together because they're both kind of supporting the same initiative and we know that you know elon Musk stopped accepting bitcoin because of the environmental impact that it was having on the environment so there is a need in this world for a green and friendly uh cryptocurrency and i think it's going to come down to like i think we might have talked on this space in a while ago is like we were talking about like green mining of Bitcoin and like seeing like where, how it was mined, like, 
and, and people would want to own a better mined Bitcoin rather than one that was made from dirty coal. Um, but it would be better if we had a cryptocurrency that ran solely on green renewable technology. And I think, you know what, it could be a possibility that Tesla, uh, some of the people over there realize what SafeMoon is doing and said, yeah, not only do you know we think you're a technology company, you're doing cool tech, but we like what you're doing with the DeFi space. So yeah, we'll sponsor your your thing. So I think it's it's a pretty big deal because it's not like Ford came out and sponsored them or, you know, like ExxonMobil, uh, because they, they would be the companies that would be obviously against everything that, that they uh, stand for. But I think that is a huge, huge thing to see because I know for sure that Scott Paul is a huge fan of Tesla. And when they do flash uh, video or photos of the parking lot, there are a bunch of Teslas in the parking lot. And I was told, now I don't know this for sure, this is complete speculation that John has a Model S, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but we have seen Tesla, you know, vehicles popping up in these video feeds they do. Seems to be a consistent theme. Derek was on here, who's Scott's business partner. He was talking about, uh, they were even looking at Tesla sponsoring the Cryptopia event, which was in January. And now you got, you know, well, this is going to be happening in May. I don't know, man. I, when I heard that, I immediately thought there was more to it than just that. Uh, when we talk about partnerships, I, I'll just say this. If that happens, if there's some partnership where they start accepting SafeMoon, and it is early, we don't know this yet, but if that happens, that is all we need for this to take off. I know that we have the infrastructure that we're building, right, as a tech company with the, the blockchain and our own exchange, two exchange listings that are imminent, right? But you let this come out. Let's say Tesla just decides we're going to take SafeMoon as payment for these vehicles, and that's that's it's a game changer, man. It's all over the news. It's I mean it's instant, uh, instantly going to take off. So. Let's let's see how this plays out. I want to look as much into that as we can. I don't think we're going to have a lot of information, but our guys that are going to, you know, guys and women that are going to attend in May, I think they'll have a better idea of, of like how involved Tesla is in it. Uh, for Tesla, it's a great strategy because you have this emerging tech company, right? That's a cryptocurrency and they're holding this big event and that's going to give you the ability to get right in with people. I, the best thing I could ever hear would be there's a partnership. They announce a partnership or something with that event in May. That would just be unbelievable for us. So, uh, I but think it'll be, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. I think it'll be great, but I don't think it'll happen until the blockchain is released. Cause I feel like that's going to have a lot to do with what major partnerships come on. Um, because I think at that point they'll be using it when it's a coin, I think it'll be taken way more serious by, as a currency by bigger companies to start accepting it. So I think as, as a BSC smart chain token right now, not that there's anything wrong with it. I think it's spectacular. Um, I think it'll be, I think right now it's just looking as that, but the second they're on a blockchain and they have the safe moon coin, I, that is just, that is going to change everything right there. Um, and that's when I think you'll start to see major partnerships coming in because when that blockchain is finished and it's a true web 3.0 smart chain you know it, people are just going to be like oh man 
you know, it's going to change everything, especially if it's as green. And I believe now this is my theory that it's going to be running on 100% green renewable energy. I think that is just going to take, I think everyone is going to want to adopt this particular blockchain and coin as a cryptocurrency, because that is what the future is, is you can't use the, you can't have a cryptocurrency and I'm not shunning on anything, or I don't want to hit down on Bitcoin, but you they're using volcanoes to power generators to power the transactions of Bitcoin. I mean, because it's so large. And just so you know, they said that if you were to do a daily transactions of Bitcoin or, or an Ethereum right now, it would take 50 terawatts of power, which is five times what the world uses in a year. So like, I think once that blockchain comes out, you're just going to see an immense amount of partnerships coming on because I feel like that's the way things are going now. You're seeing all these car companies jumping on rechargeable green energy cars, like Ford's getting into battery cars and Chevy's getting into battery cars and Toyota's getting into battery cars. Now, once people see that it's the way, but see, they all took a while to get there. You know what I mean? So like they didn't start, they were telling everyone that, you know, that's stupid or you know, Tesla's not never going to make it. And I feel like that's the same thing with, with uh, SafeMoon. And that's why you get so many futters. It's like the same thing over again. You see people are like, oh, that's silly. It's not going to work. What are they doing? Why are they doing windmills? Like, guys, no. See, they don't get the, they don't see the bigger picture. <laughs> but if you do see the bigger picture, like a lot of people did with Tesla, and when it started blowing up, and it took a while, but when it did, now look at they are the number one car company in the entire world. It's not even a joke anymore. They overtook Toyota, who was number one forever. And so I feel like that is where you're going to see the leaders in blockchain emerge. And that's when you'll see partnerships like Tesla coming on. I'm sorry to cut you off. When when you have uh, blockchains like ETH and you got gas running so high, you've got uh, blockchains like Binance where um, just pretty much Anybody, the process to start a token is just almost nothing. Anybody can do it. It doesn't take very long. And so, uh, and then you've got Solana. Solano, they, Solana made their uh, even more easy than Binance did. And so a lot of people don't know this, but the NFT rug pulls and stuff like that are so crazy over there because they made it too easy. And so, um, and then you've got Bitcoin. They have their own thing over there. Uh, and then you get SafeMoon. I mean, when you look at SafeMoon and what they're building, they're building what pretty much the rest of the market doesn't have. And it's 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 pretty exciting to watch and see. Um, when you build it, they come. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to happen. I think a lot's going to happen in 2022. I know people keep talking like years out. But like, I there's just so much that's going to happen in 2022, guys. Now, like, I'm not saying this thing's going to fly up to 10 bucks or something in 2022, but I could easily see a dollar. I'm not giving financial advice, but I could see a dollar or more by the end of the year. There's there's too much going on for that not to happen. I mean, you see the writing on the wall here. RJ, did you want to add to that? Well, I, I can tell you, I can tell you this, that as, as soon as... um as soon as the market derivatives market and the market transactions and the things that are happening with the SEC in the United States are um, uh, going to play out here in the next few months, that there's going to be a lot of money pouring back into crypto. And, and I think that 
the moves that SafeMoon's making are creating themselves as a leader in technology, uh, a leader in the space. And when, you know, companies like Tesla and, and um, you know, are, are getting on board with at least sponsoring these events to, to bring awareness to, to it that, you know, it, it's just a matter of time for, for people to gain more awareness of SafeMoon in particular. And as that happens, um, you know, when people are looking for a place to put their money and uh, as they take it out of, um, you know, the derivatives market, uh, I think that uh, it, we're going to see a big increase in, in value. So can I see a dollar by the end of the year? Uh, you know, absolutely. Not financial advice, but I, of course, I think that's a, and that I think it's a, uh, it's a foregone conclusion that it's coming. How long is it going to take? I'm not sure, but I think we're going to see some massive gains this year, particularly with, with the things that SafeMoon's doing. Yeah, for I, sure. I did also want to point out that today um, a new um, a new exchange opened in Boston today. Uh, actually, was actually announced on Thursday night um, that it's going to be opening shortly, uh, and it's going to be a blockchain based um, market, so that all uh, all stocks uh, will be on a blockchain uh, designation. So, and it's going to include adoption into different markets, including derivatives, including crypto. So, I'm really excited about it. There's going to be some. Um, there, there's going to be a lot of action in in this space, uh, including crypto space, relatively soon in in the markets. Mass yes. adoption, man. And then go ahead, Patron. And then I'll make a point. Go ahead, Patron. Yeah, no, no, I was going to say that, you know, before we get into that point, I mean, that's some great news about that exchange that you're talking about. But the, also, I think that in general, this year alone is where where the engines are warming up, they get turned on, and once it goes, it it's not stopping. It's just going to get, you know, you know, faster and faster as the time goes by. Well, RJ's talking about derivatives exchange, which is big, right? Because that's that's leading towards mass adoption. And then you had Crypto.com today, right? They came out with an agreement with LeBron James. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he's got an agreement uh, with his legacy foundation with Crypto.com. So that's another thing, right? Because you got Crypto.com naming the arena, right, in Los Angeles. And now you got LeBron James involved in Crypto.com, too. So it's just one thing after another that's leading to more people being involved in cryptocurrency. And it's got SafeMoon positioned to take advantage of that. SafeMoon starts taking off in 2022 with this mass adoption. And I think we're going to grow even faster than people expected. Yeah, one of the – I don't mean to derail at all, and I don't, I'm not going to um, encourage a lot of speculation here, but what I, one of the biggest things that I hear people complain about in, in the crypto market is that when we say things like, you know, SafeMoon is going to go to X number of dollars, whatever, and you realize how much market cap would be in that particular circumstance, and that's their argument because our market cap would be way too big. I mean, the United States has about a $14 trillion, no, I'm sorry, $21 trillion GDP. The globe has about uh, about an 80 trillion GDP. The entire globe has an 80 trillion GDP. But what people don't understand is that the derivatives market is in the double-digit quadrillions. 
So if you don't think there's enough money out there for for a for a cryptocurrency to get a market cap in the trillions, you are you are mistaken. You said in the. <laughs> can you say that number one more time? The current the current derivatives market is a double digit quadrillions. Good lord, man! I had no idea that was even possible. I mean, we're talking like unbelievable value. So, what's this new exchange going to look like? I mean, I got to ask you, what are we looking at in terms of what they're doing? Do you have any details on that? I just pinned the the article. No, I really, I really don't. Um, we what we do know is that the traditional bourses that 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 are um, that are really creating the problem in the stock market with with the derivatives and with I'm just gonna call them phantom shares or um, short positions or even long positions that, uh, on stocks that just don't exist with with brokerages who aren't doing the proper borrowing. That's going to come to an end with transparency rules that have been recently passed, as well as this blockchain technology that's going to mandate some faster settlement. So I think it's just going to change a lot of the processes uh, to make it a more transparent market so that at least from the commons, common share side of things, that it's going to be a little bit more... Um, uh, transparent and user-friendly for more retail. So I think you're going to see a lot more money coming in from the retail side. Now, is that going to change the derivatives market or international um, swaps and derivatives association workings? No, I don't think so. I think ISDA is still going to be in the multi-digit quadrillions, and they're going to be – it's it's basically like making a side bet on the market, and those can be you know, as big as they want to be. And that's the reason why it's in the nature of the quadrillions. So does it change things for – the market in general, no, there's still a lot of money in it and there's still going to be continue to be a lot of money in it. Um, but I think what you're going to see is a lot more retailers playing within that blockchain market and the bourse that they're, they're creating in this new, um, this new market that you pinned uh, at the top. I, essentially what it's going to want to, what it's going to ultimately end up doing is, is at, uh, retail is going to be focused in on blockchain technology. That's that's the bottom line, and that's really kind of the point I'm trying to make. Is that as people start to gain adoption and comfort levels with the understanding of blockchain, it's just one more thing that's going to show us and move us into that adoption where SafeMoon is going to be a real innovator. Yeah, one of the things that, that I, I think I, is, there's going to attract a lot of people is like Chris. You know that post you put on top. Look what it says: faster settlement. I think that's a key point there because a lot of people that, you know, maybe say, you know what, I'm going to go and trade here because you're, you're, you're going to settle your, your, your settlement much more faster than, you know, just going through the regular, you know, stock exchange. I had somebody ask me, what does this have to do with SafeMoon? Well, it has a lot to do with SafeMoon because even though you're looking at the stock market and you're saying, well, that doesn't, it's blockchain technology. Right. So if blockchain technology continues to have more mass adoption, then people are going to look at blockchains. And if they look at a blockchain, they're going to look at what is the best blockchain. And if we truly have the best blockchain out there, or even a, a blockchain people would consider in the top five. Right. They're going to gravitate towards that blockchain. That's going to lead to people investing in SafeMoon. I think that's RJ's overall point. And that that's my point to that. That's why I pinned that to the top. Go ahead, RJ. 
Yeah, that's that's a perfect example and the, the, the exact reasoning I want to point out. And again, I don't want to get off in the weeds, but when, when we're talking, let, let's just think about it from a different perspective, too. When we're talking about how to get money from our wallets, our crypto wallets out into the world and how we're going to get a gallon of milk or a, or a bundle of grapes, how do we do that? Well, that's through a crypto card and a point of sale. And we're super excited about all that thing. That's wonderful, right? That's great. But let's think about this from a little bit different perspective. How do we get big money into crypto? Well, it's going to come from the derivatives markets, come from the banking world through the blockchain technology. How now we just I want you to think about this from a, just a, this perspective. We just see at the top of this pin right here where the United States Securities Exchange Commission approved a U.S. exchange with blockchain feed faster settlement. We just created and see our first bridge. OK, we see our first bridge from a quadrillion dollar derivatives market into the blockchain world. So how does it matter? That's how it matters. We're talking about the ability for big money and I'm talking big money to come in. So let's get back to something more fun. Again, <laughs> well, people it's going to happen. Go ahead. It's going to happen in derivatives. It's going to happen in derivatives before it happens in cryptocurrency is my point. I don't know if everybody's seeing that. I just. I think that if the derivative market is that high, right? Cryptocurrency, we're so in the beginning, right? I mean, we're in the small trillions, but they see blockchain and derivatives, then they're going to gravitate to this next level of, of cryptocurrency. And who's the most innovative cryptocurrency with the most innovative blockchain is going to be the ones that are going to have even more mass adoption. Go ahead, Patron. I was going to say that, you know, that, you know, Yesterday, I, I was with my boss. Um, he was in town, one of the brightest men that I have ever met in my entire life. And uh, he, uh, we were having a conversation over dinner yesterday. And one of the things that, you know, big corporations are doing is now they're looking at blockchain. And the, on, the only reason why they're looking at blockchain technology is because it's going to solve a lot of the issues that they have that they can't get solved with the regular system that they have in place. And so, so this is huge. It, so a lot of people are trying to learn about blockchain. What do they do? You know, what, what's going to happen in the future? And they're talking about cryptocurrencies. So the, the, this is exciting. You know, mass adoption. It's going to bring people into the crypto world. Yeah, you get it. Thank you, man. And that I, sometimes when we make a point, it takes a little bit longer to get there. So just bear with us. But when we bring it up and, and you, you analyze it, right? Like it, it all makes sense in the end. I mean, it, it's pointing out what the precursor is to more adoption into cryptocurrency and safe moon, right? So that's a big precursor. I mean, that's an SEC approval to to put a blockchain in faster processing, like you said. So I think it's a really important point. Tim, what are your thoughts uh, overall? My thoughts Tim, on what, what what overall? In Sorry, terms of mass. In terms of mass adoption of a blockchain and, 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 you know, like how blockchain is going to lead to safe moon, right? Because like if people are adopting into blockchain technology in the derivatives market, right? How that will lead to people adopting into safe moon with a cutting edge blockchain. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people always want to invest in the, in the best ideas, right? I mean, they don't want to invest in something that is old. They want the newest and the latest. Like when, when a new phone comes out, everyone wants the newest phone. They don't want the oldest phone. 
So if SafeMoon comes out with the best blockchain, it's going to be the fastest with the cheapest transactions that has the most universal uses to it. I think it's just going to, I mean, that's when you'll see big money start to pour into it. It's when they finish that blockchain, it, it's it's going to just change things. And I guess the, the most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. And that's what SafeMoon's doing is they are creating the future uh blockchain that everyone is going to want to use um so i mean i think i i think that's just everyone's just going to want to adopt to it because they're trying to get well i see i think banks are going to have a problem with this because in all reality this isn't going to make banks the happiest of all people because they kind of rule the world right now um so they're but i think people that have money outside the banks are going to like it so um it's it's going to be a really, it's going to change the way things are. Because right now the way, it's kind of hard to explain it, but I mean, I guess we all know that it isn't a level playing field for a lot of people who don't have a lot of money. And so it's it's hard to get these people with a lot of money to a, to adopt to a system that gives you transparency and blockchain gives you transparency. So I think it's going to take some time, but when you have a mass, you're going to have a massive amount of people like us adopting to it first. And then those people are going to come because I feel like they're going to know that we got the edge on them. You know, it, it only works this, the broken system only works from them when we're all a slave to it. The second that we can all get off their broken system and get onto the future onto this blockchain is when they're going to have to adapt and come to us. So I think that's my idea when you'll start to see it move over. Yeah. And you know, I mean, if you look at banks, they collect billions of dollars a year in um, non-sufficient funds transactions, right? So like depending on your bank, let's say you don't have that money or you have like you deposit a check and there's some kind of like lag time, that's $35, right? Now you add those $35 up over the course of a year and that's billions of dollars for the banks, right? You wouldn't have that with SafeMoon. Like people are gonna wake up and they're gonna go, okay, I'm not gonna have insufficient funds fees, okay? I'm going to accumulate interest on my investment, right? Like just by holding it. And it's going to give me the ability to transact. And Ryan brought this up. He said, what if you, he said, we understand we have a lot of people that just want to hold this, right? Because that's the reality. All of us want to hold this because we understand the power of the compound interest with these tokens, right? But he said, what if you have a way to hold this and then also transact at the same time and uh, all of it burns down the V2. Well, I think what he was alluding to was the staking element of this, where you could you know, decide what percentage of your wallet you wanna stake while accumulating reflections, and then have a smaller percentage of your wallet that you would use for everyday commerce, right? Or like you know, anything you wanted to use, whether it was a marketplace or just everyday activities, such as getting groceries, gas, whatever you wanted to use it for, uh, you would be able to do that. And then with that wallet, you have the flexibility to determine what percentage you want in, in saving and, and what percentage you want in spending, right? RJ, your thoughts? Oh, I love it. You know, t Tim and, and you are right on on track. I and, mean, you know, I what I see is that as, as our, you know, if you think about it from a perspective, how do you create the demand? You create a product that everybody wants, and that's the blockchain, and that's the you know the point of sale device, and that's the you know the 
credit card and, and all of those things. And as the demand increases and use cases increase, then you're going to naturally have to burn. You're going to have to burn because they're going to have to use some of it, even if it's a small percentage of, of the transaction. And, you know, as, as Tim was saying, it, it, you know, we've got a, a blockchain technology that is so phenomenal that, you know, we want it to be the innovating edge and we have the ability through smart contracts and a, and a, and a proxy that allow the contract to be mutable. It's not, you know, it's not static. It has the ability to change and adapt and stay and remain as the innovative technology. That's going to be, you know, the driving factor to keep driving people to it. And, and, and as, as you were saying, you know, when, when people no longer are required and beholden to, you know, the money lenders who, who, who charge you serious rates for, for transaction fees and costs and expenses, then, then that's more money in our pocket that we can put into the blockchain technology into saving into creating legacy for our families. And, um, as that, as that increases, um, I don't think people really understand the concept of, of a million, a billion, and a trillion, and a quadrillion. I mean, just think about so, uh, many years ago, uh, a very smart man told me, he said, and this is probably, some of you may have heard it before, but think about this from this perspective. A million seconds is 12 days. A billion seconds is 32 years. That's our lifetime, right? But a trillion seconds there were there were mastodons on the earth okay wow so we're not so that's so i want you to grasp the difference in the amounts of money that we're talking about that are being kept out of our hands by a centralized monetary unit that is losing power that has to adapt eventually to the blockchain technology because the people who use it every day us we see what's happening and we see the value that's going to be created by saving that kind of that kind of money that they've been stealing from us because they have the control of it to the tune of quadrillions of dollars in their hands that they can then quadrillions of US dollar equivalents in their hands that they're going to have to start putting into the blockchain and they don't want to adapt because the sooner they adapt the more money they lose right i mean it's like if we adapt now, then they, so they're gonna they're gonna drag this out as long as they possibly can. And if you want to go even deeper into that, I think the regulatory framework that Safemoon's had to go through to get to this point is all a designed system to stop that from happening. Wouldn't you think, Arja? Yeah, they're setting those dominoes up. You know, they're spending the time doing the work, doing the hard work, putting all the things in place that, that's going to create that that domino effect. And as they're going through those regulations, whether it's the EU monetary policy or EU monetary uh, license or it's, you know, U.S. regulatory compliance or statewide 157 jurisdictions, I can't remember the number, but whatever the 167. phenomenal. 167, you said a cryptopia. Yep. Yeah, th thank you. That many jurisdictions that they're working on, com you know, regulatory compliance. They're just setting up the dominoes, and eventually, they're gonna they're gonna be ready, and they're gonna tip one, and it's gonna be checkmate, Jack. And it's it's gonna be the point where, where you know, this blockchain and all of the things that they've got in place are gonna have to be recognized. And when that happens, everybody's gonna be on board. And and we we are early adopters, and and people like Tim and you and and and, and TJ and. You know, Patron, Addict, you guys are all leading the space and giving people uh, the understanding of, of what this is really about. So, 
keep up the good work, folks. Thank you. And let me say this. They would not be spending all their time and money on all this regulatory work if they didn't know what they already had. I think everybody needs to look at that. You're not spending millions of dollars, many lawyers, okay, going through this whole painstaking process unless you know you got it. You know you have the technology. You know you have the ecosystem. You know you just want to make sure that you don't have anything that's going to hold you up when this thing takes off. And let me say this. If you guys don't remember this, there was an AMA with John Caroni, and he spoke specifically about this. He said 80% of our time is spent on regulations and 20% is spent on actually building the exchange, right? But what he also said was, we'll whiteboard this, right, as a team. We'll meet with a legal team, right? And we'll go, okay, what does this look like? What do we need to do? And they'll come up with a game plan. If you can mute your mic, Patron. They'll come up with a game plan, okay? And then they'll take that game plan and they'll be ready to implement it. And they'll meet with another lawyer, right? And the lawyer will say, well, yeah, that's true now, but what we see happening in the future is this. And they'll go back to the whiteboard again and update that with where they see regulations heading, not even where they are currently. What that meant to me was he was talking about other jurisdictions and other parts of the world where they thought they were good. And then, you know, it looked like, well, this is evolving and changing. So not only are they looking at where they are now, but they're looking at where this is heading so they don't have any issues in the future. I thought that was really a captivating thing that he said. I know it's a boring topic when you get to regulations. I get it. But to have somebody that's uh, the head of a team, right, a CEO, thinking not just of what's going on currently, but what's coming ahead is really important. It shows you how much they know that they have something here, right? They're not going to spend the time and resources and money if they don't. Patron, go ahead. Yeah, feature-proofing. It's, yeah. like, it's like the company's a, 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 an octopus. You know, they got eight arms, but they're probably, you know, many, many different, but they're all moving at the same time. And, and it just really shows a lot of um, skill and innovation to be capable of doing all those things at the same time, but understanding that they have to do it in order to set those dominoes up so that all of these projects are ready to tip at the same time. And, and that's, what's going to create, create this. But, um, yeah, super excited. I think, I think, um, all the things you guys have been talking about have been really wonderful. Thank you. I agree. And you've been a big help tonight. Uh, Patron, do you have something to add? Okay. Maybe his mic just cut off. Let's go to Raj. Go ahead, Raj. Oh, sorry. No, my mic was just, you know, big by mistake. That's all. Oh, good. Hey, hey, Chris. Yeah, man. yeah, I don't know what's I don't know what's wrong with uh, Twitter right now. It keeps moving me to listen every time I request. But anyway, um, I know SafeMoon has a lot of um, uh, use cases and they're really good. But for me, let's not forget about um, Swap and Liquify. Um, swap and Liquify may end up to be SafeMoon's uh, greatest feature. And how? Well, the main purpose of um, Swap and liquefy is price stability of the statement of price in the long run. And you see these uh, big money, like institutional monies, sovereign monies, they're not interested in like 10xing their, their investments or, or let alone a thousand. Uh, when you're in this uh, level of wealth, your main uh, purpose or goal is to protect your money and maintain 
your financial status. That's why their gripe on cryptocurrency is always that it's too volatile. Now, when SafeMoon's liquidity becomes large enough to, to reach uh, the price stability that we're really going after, and I think, I believe, Swap and Liquify is really uh, critical to this, I can just imagine these monies, the large monies, flocking into SafeMoon. So uh, I just don't want us to give up on, on the swap and liquefy right now. Let's just be patient with it. That's all. Thank you. That's a good point. And RJ, one other thing I wanted to bring up, I haven't mentioned on the show, and I'm not saying that this is fact, so I want to be careful here, but I've heard, and it's come up a couple times, Goldman Sachs, the safe moon. Now, I'm not saying that this happened, but I've had a couple guys come to me behind the scenes and mention that. Now, I don't know if that's happened. I will tell you that I have a friend who knows someone who works at Goldman Sachs that invested 15 grand of his own money into SafeMoon probably about six, seven months ago. So I thought I'd mention that too for you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I know a lot of people on the street. And I, I know a lot of people in the financial industry uh, on the street and in, in, at, at uh, Goldman um, that's just the name one. Um, and I'll tell you this, the, the, the people there at, at those very, very conservative banking industries, um, they don't get involved in things uh, just on a whim. But I will tell you this, they are heavily, all of these financial institutions, whether it's um, you know Goldman or Bank of America, any of them, they're all involved in crypto, every one of them. Yeah, and they don't always like publicly say it, right? I mean, I guess they kind of are now. Uh, I had somebody I met with the other day that works for U.S. Bank, and uh, he's not in crypto. And I said, did you know that U.S. Bank is one of the biggest holders of Bitcoin uh, in terms of uh, banks that do business in the U.S.? And he had no idea. I'm sure you know that, RJ. <laughs> okay. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we get... There, there's plenty it's it's uh you know it, it's it's a big industry so yeah they're, they're, and i'll tell you this they're all involved in it and every fund is too i remember when i got in bitcoin jamie diamond who was the ceo of jp morgan chase saying that he wasn't getting in it and that he didn't see anything in it and he just he basically just shot it down i mean he, he uh, several times and now you see J.P. Morgan Chase investing in Bitcoin. So, uh, I, but I believe that a lot of these financial institutions are looking for the next big thing. I think they're doing the homework, the research, and the the look into it. I think they know about SafeMoon. I don't think it's come out yet, but I think they know about SafeMoon. And I think if you have somebody that knows about it, that works in one of these places, then other guys know about it. It's just my theory. Yeah, we just yeah. talked about the fact that it's threatening to them. So how would they control it? They would gain a huge interest in it by buying it up, you know, controlling controlling it. And that's the reason why just as as our pri just prior speaker just said, you know, one of the best features of Swap and Liquify is that our whole goal is to gain a liquidity pool that's greater than, you know, 1.1 of, of, of value. So when we get to that point and we have this stability, it's no longer capable of being controlled by by price manipulation. So when that happens, it's a it's a great thing. So I agree with him completely. But that's how being a threat to them 
you know, they, they, they respond by buying into each of them bigly, you know, very big. Yeah, because they have the money to do it. And when you say 1.1, you mean 110% liquidity pool of the market cap, correct? Yes, absolutely. Man, you are sharp. He's on tonight, I'll tell you that. Uh, let's go to... Hmm, we're going to go about another half hour. I'm open to topics you guys want to talk about on Safe Moon. Uh, Attic, is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about? Um, you know, I just can't uh, wait for Safe Moon ecosystem. Um, you know, it's being put together in front of our eyes right now. Um, I like the fact that um, we're different. Uh, we're innovating. Um, there's going to be a portal on the blockchain. Uh, not just anybody's going to be able to develop on it like all the other blockchains out there, uh, like Solana. Is so we, I, I hear from other people in the NFT community, it's so easy to just start up a project on Solana. Um, and then we've seen how easy it is to do on Binance. And um, then you've got the um, the fees and stuff of Ethereum. And then blockchain, you know, it's just so expensive and slow. I mean, it takes forever. Um from my dealings with it. Um, and, and then you have the exchange with the cryptonomics. Um, you know, I can't wait to buy some Bitcoin, some Ethereum, uh, Cardano, whatever. Um, I want to be use, utilizing the SafeMoon ecosystem, the SafeMoon exchange, the SafeMoon blockchain, buying tokens off of it, buying NFTs, uh, SafeMoon NFTs, wind turbine NFTs, solar panel NFTs, whatever they come up with. Metaverse, we're going to be in there too. I got to give me an Oculus. So uh, Oculus 2. Uh, so, man, we got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I like the NFTs, man. I think the NFTs are going to be a lot bigger than most people realize, especially these fractional NFTs with these turbines. Let's go to, uh, I'll just call them KYN. Go ahead, KYN. Kenyon, I think. Is it Kenyon? Go ahead, Kenyon. Hello again. Yeah, it's Kenyon. Good job. Okay, I got it right. I did not want to make a mistake there. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was already up once. and. Uh... Yep, I I thought I remembered it right, so I got it right. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so my wife's uh, a little disparaged on her safe moon thing. Sometimes it seems like I'd be listening to our uh, safe moon after dark, listening to the cooler, and she's like, "What are you always doing?" I'm like, "Honey, it just it's it's for our future." Now that I'm on the speaker, she can actually hear it. I was like. All right, guys, just we got 30 minutes left. Everybody hit her hype. And as soon as I clicked to be a speaker, man, he just came in with a fire. I was like, it pulled me up and it pulled off my headphones. And she was like, what are you listening to? Why is this so hype? And I'm like, I was actually telling them to, oh, get her hype. So anything else you guys have hype for the next, you know, couple days until we hear some more good stuff in Safe Moon. You want some hype? I'll give you some hype. You ready? Always. I think next week we'll have at least one exchange. How about that? Is that enough hype for you? I mean, I've been a holder since my birthday, April 1st, 2020. So, I mean, I've been hyped since it came. You mean 2021. <laughs> I've been right there with you, man. I've been, my, my buddy said the other day, I hadn't seen him since like May. He said, man, you're still excited about Safe Moon." He's like, you were that excited back then. I said, man, I hadn't lost it. It's grown. I'm more excited every day. You want to be a smoking? You know, 
when you want to be uh, excited about something, it's like if you if you remember last year, you know, the market, you know, was low right at the beginning and then it took off, right? You know, so, and it's weird because we've been low like most of the whole month of January. And then so lately, if you look at Bitcoin, it, it has gone up like 4% within the week. So if it keeps on going, I think we're going, and I, I know this is my speculation, we may see something of what we saw last year where things starts to pick up now slowly into that, you know, uh, February. And then you have the March and, and you know, as the month progress at, you know, all calling season, this is the time and hopefully we're all going to go together up yeah, there's a lot to be excited about for sure. And a lot of us have been in this a long time. And it just makes me think back to when I got in this in May, right? I was always looking for content. I would always look for a Safe Moon Joe video or a Crypto Control video. Those were the two main guys I'd watch. And I was always looking for a podcast or something. I was like, man, there's got to be more on this. I remember even like cutting my lawn and listening to like a, a Mooncast past episode. I was like, man, there's got to be... And it's so funny because I'm searching and searching and searching, and then we end up coming up with the content, you know, and I, and, and their content's great too. I'm not taking away from it, but I just felt like there was a need for the content for all of us to come together at night and discuss things in depth, just like we do now. It's crazy how you think of what's needed and then the vision becomes a reality. And we just came on here just to, you know, talk safe moon and it just grew into something that I think, would be exactly what I would want when I was looking for content. So I just thought I'd share that with all you guys. Let's go to Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? I uh, just have a quick okay. one for you. Um, you know, when people say, hey, you're in the blockchain and like they lose your signal or whatever, what does that actually mean? Just means we can't hear you. <laughs> it, it means that block. Yeah. So much. it's not a blockchain thing. It's just uh, just a term of expression. Oh, right? okay. Like, like if you were saying it's raining cats and dogs, it's not right. literally raining cats and dogs, right? So it's just a term of expression. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Let's go to uh, Hoddle. Go ahead, Hoddle. Hey, what's up, Chris? Oh, I, so you're driving home now? Yeah, right? I'm driving home now, man. I, I missed half the program. I wanted to. I'm sure you guys talked about windmills and all that stuff, validating this that, and the other thing. But I, it's good because we got it on Spotify, so you can listen to it now. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm all over it, brother. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch on what Patron was just saying. You know, all we need when altcoin season hits, if it hits around March, uh, like it did last year, you know, March, April, is the exchange to come out. And it's like, buckle your fucking seatbelts, dude, because it's just gonna get insane. I mean, the growth is gonna be insane. So, I mean, I'm praying for that to happen. I almost feel like the team is timing this so that it will come with altcoin season. Oh, I, I, I feel the exact same way. I mean, I feel the exact same way on that, 100%. Patron, you said the same? Yeah, man. No, I agree. Because if you look at everything, look, uh, you know, it, there, there, there's going to be, you know, where do you sign an exchange? Another one, the paperwork is getting done. You know, they're talking about the, the license, the, the, 
the, the card coming up. And it's all due within the time of the altcoin season. So we'll have all these things going on for our ecosystem. It's going to push, you know, that, you know, our price up or, the, you know, I won't say the price, but at least the trading volume is going to, it's going to go nuts. The person I spoke to, the person I spoke to about this, he said he felt like when the exchange hit, that's when you're going to really see this take off. So that makes sense with the timing. Go ahead, Hoddle. Yeah, I just want, want to, you know, um, I was listening to the space the other night. We had Jeremiah in there and um, was it uh, from uh, Enhanced Ape? And, you know, he got, he got, I mean, I got all worked up with that, you know, be a Jeremiah thing. So I got this one guy, you know, at work that he's into crypto and we, we talk crypto constantly. And I'm, he's one of them if it wasn't so hard to buy guys, you know. And I'm like, all right, hey, listen, man. I, I was inspired by the space. You download the wallet. I'm going to give you 5,000 safe moon. All you have to do is download the wallet. This motherfucker still hasn't downloaded the wallet. I mean, I'm ready just to cut him off. So you can't bring everybody in. You just got to accept it, I guess. But I can't wait to walk out and say, all you had to do was download the wallet, my man. I mean, well, look, I'm he, just he's looking still, forward to it. He still might because the reality is I've talked about it on the show. I asked my own mom to download the wallet for a month and a half. And she didn't download the wallet until she saw the show on New Year's Eve. By 1 a.m., I had a text message with her wallet address. And I, I, I sent her 70,000 safe moon. So, <laughs> you know, the people don't always come around on our time frame, man. I know it's weird because, like, we see it and we understand what this is. But my belief is when once they do download that wallet and they have some safe moon, they're going to buy in. You know, and it's going to help them in the end. So don't get frustrated, man. If he doesn't buy in, he doesn't see it, then he's one of the people that can't see it. If he does see it later, hopefully it's not too late, right? That's kind of how I look at it. So I, I still got people that won't go to V2. I mean, I've tried everything. I've bugged them. I've tried to give them BSC, everything. It doesn't matter. They don't care. So I had to give up. That's a weird thing, too, man. And I, and I told you guys, like, regular whale, he's, like, probably at least a top 100, 150 holder. And I didn't know he hadn't moved to V2. And Christmas Eve, we're having dinner. And I'm like, man, you got to move to V2. And he goes, all right, I'll do it tomorrow. Because he's so relaxed about it. And he, he, had to, he had his stuff in a storage facility. So you had to go to the storage facility, get a seed phrase, and then he migrated to V2. I saw him on Monday, you know, and I said, hey, man. I said, did you migrate? He goes, yeah, yeah, I covered that yesterday. And he's like, and uh, now I'm not going to check my wallet ever again. So, <laughs> what's up, Q&A? Go ahead. Hey, Chris. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for, thanks for hosting this space. You know, uh, you're talking about regular whale. And uh, earlier today in uh, Aces space, we had a, uh, a guy who had a tether wallet. And you, you could tell he was in the game for a while, right? Because he says, I, I don't even want to hook that thing up to uh, to the SafeMoon wallet. And, and it wasn't, I got the feeling that it wasn't because he was worried about losing the SafeMoon. He was worried about exposing those other millions of dollars he had in other crypto on that cold wallet. You know what I'm saying? So for him, 
it yeah. wasn't worth hooking up his his co wallet to any kind of other internet wallet and exposing that other wealth that he had on that cold wallet. You know, and if he had to uh, send it wallet to wallet on V1, he would have he would have lost it. So that that guy was stuck between a hard, I mean, between a rock and a hard place. And and uh, you know, but eventually that safe moon is gonna outgain everything else that he has on that tether. And then he's gonna be in a worse situation because he could have done it now. And I hope he figures it out because I could tell in his voice that he was hurting. He had shit that had already delivered and that he didn't want to expose, but he had the future on the same wallet, just staring it down, knowing that it was going to over overtake that past investment and, and lead it the rest of the way. So that, 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 that was one of those dilemmas and, and DeFi that, you know, if you're already set, but yet you got that next investment just there waiting to take off and they go to V2, what do you do? Do, do you do you expose your wallet for the future or don't you? That was a, that was a, that was a per, perplexing dilemma. And uh, yeah, one of the cooler stories of the day. Yeah, let me say this. I think just open a new wallet with SafeMoon in the beginning, right? I don't know. I mean, I got a wallet with just SafeMoon, right? I don't have anything else on it. And if I invest in something else, I'll just do it with a separate wallet because I don't want anything else touching that wallet. That's just my take. But but you, right, you, the point you brought up was it was too late at that point. I get it. Uh, let's go to Hudson. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Hey, uh, After Dark team. Appreciate you letting me on here. Um, been on the sidelines for a while, listening in. Um, really appreciate everything you guys have to say. Um, kind of want to bring up a technical topic here. Um, so one element of the ecosystem that I've been kind of honing in on is what is everyone's opinion on how do you manage tokenomics with these large exchanges, right? Because it's a balancing act, you know, realistically, and as much as I hate saying this, you know, one of the big reasons why the large exchanges, you know, aren't going to bring on a, you know, a coin like SafeMoon is because of the tokenomics and the, you know, the, the inherent complexities around that. And that leads me to believe that with, you know, any new exchange listing, I know we just signed one, I know we have another one in the pipeline, and I'm sure we have a lot more in the pipeline coming. But 10% tokenomics in my mind isn't realistic for heavy trading volume. You know, where we're going to get the tokenomics from true trading volume and still maintain, you know, the tokenomics that we're expecting is with our exchange. What do you guys think it's going to look like on these exchanges coming up realistically? In terms of volume? Or, or no, just in terms of mechanics, right? Just, you know, is it going to be, you know, with the V2 contract, you know, now we have the ability to, you know, basically create custom tokenomics for, you know, exchanges, right? Based on partnerships, yeah. based on deals, et cetera. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, if you have a, you know, Mandala, you have a Binance, you have a Coinbase, you have Crypto.com, you know, you have these high, high, high multi-billion dollar volume per day exchanges coming to you and they're like, hey, we'll the safe moon, but we're not going to do 10%. We're going to do a, you know, 
5%. We need to incentivize, you know, market makers. We need to incentivize liquidity providers. We need to incentivize day traders, right? I think the next two exchanges that that's, they're going to list SafeMoon are going to be partnered with SafeMoon and implementing tokenomics to answer your yeah. question. I think yeah, without so, a doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. So it's not going to be traditional, hey, we're listing you. It's going to be more like, hey, we are partnering. Like, you know, so it's more than just a listing, right? So for these, quote, listings to work, they're not really listings, they're partnerships. They're more meaningful than just a regular coin listing, right? I mean, there's so much paperwork that has to go on to be able to list on these exchanges. But I mean really and truly where the volume is going to come is on our own exchange because that's when you know all the token like all the tokenomics we can govern ourselves but I, I i just like i don't see realistically any large exchange you know utilizing the tokenomics that we're expecting i don't know does anyone can disagree like you know has anyone received any word on you know, that it will be in line with our expectations. I just, you know, just fundamentally, just how those large exchanges can bring in billions and dollars in volumes on a trading pair. Um, I, I, I just feel like it will have to be mutually beneficial, right? Ability to blacklist in V2, man. They got the ability right. to blacklist. Yeah. So if they just go on a whim and they do it without safe moon partnering with them, they can blacklist them right away. You couldn't do that on the V1 contract. Yeah, I know. Right? And that's that's incredible. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite components of the new contract. Go ahead, TJ. I think you were making a point. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, he's bringing up, uh, he's, he's bringing up cases for day trading utilization on, or, you know, the whole trading on like large scale exchanges, right? That's one of the concepts that he's talking about. But SafeMoon obviously is designed for the actual holders. And primarily, it's primarily for the actual use cases that coincide with that. And I think that's what gets lost in a lot of these, oh, we need to be on these exchanges, we need to be on these exchanges and how they're going to implement tokenomics. Well, tokenomics can be implemented on any exchange with, you know, especially if we have on the ability to uh, add proxy contracts and for to, for them to do the actual math and for the burn and so on and so forth that coincides with that. But I think he's more so list talking about the tradable assets such as Bitcoin and some of these other ones are um, on these exchanges for. SafeMoon is actually designed to actually be held and used as a use case in the utility for, for instance, the we talk about wind turbines all the time. And that's what it's primarily made for, not necessarily for day trading. And so with the fact that it's a now a, no longer an immutable contract because of proxies, they can actually change the tax if necessary. They can actually change, you know, all the things that coincide with that um, to be more, uh, uh, how can I say, desirable for these other larger exchanges. So it, it can happen in the future. It can be changed. It's just right now we're focused on use cases and utility. Completely agree. I mean, spot on. I, and and I, I think everyone can agree with that, right? So you bring up a good point, right? So when you're talk, talking about desirability um, and optimal, you know, mechanics with a certain exchange, whether it be, you know, we're talking percentages, we're talking, you know, how the, you know, the, the contracts are set up, etc. You know, I think what we could see in the future 
if not managed properly. Now I do think it will be managed properly, but you know, I mean, you, let's say you have Mandala and we have X setup, you know, now let's exclude Binance. Well, let's take a KuCoin. They come in and, you know, KuCoin is promising all this volume. They're going to run all these marketing efforts, et cetera. And we give, you know, it's a better deer deal for KuCoin, right? So, and I guess what I'm saying is, you know, do you think John and team is saying, hey, like we got to standardize this? Like, I, or do you think they're like almost playing a competitive type of mindset? Like, hey, listen, like you want SafeMoon on your exchange, right? I mean, it's not like we're fighting to get to them. To your point, like we're focused on our products, on our lines, on our on our own exchange. If you want to list, it's great, right? But it needs to be in line with our expectations. But I think what it's going to create is this 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 battleground almost in terms of competitive tokenomics of of how different exchanges can list. But I just don't see it being even across the board. So. I don't know, just something that I'm, you know, kind of thinking about. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I just doubt all the exchanges that we inevitably get listed on will will have the same type of setup. Well, this is where I'll agree with you, but I'll also kind of disagree with you because considering that, you know, when we talk about the implementation of use cases and the 10% tax fee and going forward, um, the ability to actually calculate and utilize tokenomics in different exchanges will set will be set apart because of the fact that if you can't implement it and say other future tokens or coins decide that they want to go this route because it actually benefits not only their holders and you know I'm not saying because obviously Ethereum's going to upgrade to 2.0 and you know all these other like blockchains are having like issues with D- with DDoS attacks and all that but if your if your blockchain or your system or your exchange can't support tokenomics which if you can't tell more and more of these tokens and coins are going to that route in the future. I think that's going to set them apart and that's going to kind of leave everybody else in the dust. So I think in the future, I think that's like we're setting the example now. So when John says safe moon is the evolution, I think this is part of what he means of he's actually creating that that actual market in itself. Um, he's creating that use case and he's creating the com- the competitive nature for not only uh what SafeMoon can do in the utility, but in the actual exchange market itself. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Great points. Um, really appreciate the feedback. And, you know, it it, it, it comes down to just that. But um, I'm really excited for the future, guys. That's all I have. Good talk. Thank uh, you. I, I appreciate the intelligent conversation, man. That's what this show is about. Let's go to Roy Zone. Let me give you a stack them too, Hudson. Stack them. Go to Roy Zone. Go ahead. Um, I just want to piggyback on what he said. I just think like there's room for us to be the best exchange, just to give a positive mindset. Like even though we want listings and other people to join us, I mean, like I mean, we we want people to join. I mean, we want to go on um to get listed on other platforms. But one of people just wants to come to us, so you just gotta look at it in that mindset. Sorry for like stuttering and stuff like that, but it's kind of late. But I just look at it in that standpoint that there's room for us to be a top exchange. Oh, I think we're going to be a top 10 easy. I think we're eventually going to be a top five exchange. Oh, oh I, I, yep. Top five, in my opinion, and top four coin. But that's just my speculation. But thanks for having me up.
Appreciate it. Stack them. You're not stuttering at all, man. You sound great. RJ, go ahead. Hey, RJ, go ahead, man. Hey, thanks. I just want to say that I that I I that I've met, I am in a lot of these exchanges and and they offer um, staking already, and so I think what's actually happening is that in, the, in the staking process and locking up your tokens there, that they are then using your. Um, it, it changes the dynamic of how you're holding it so that when you stake it, they gain control of it. They then take the money that you have or the tokens you have and arbitrage them elsewhere or the money elsewhere into something else. So what, what actually is happening is, is that these other exchanges are actually making money um, on you and what the SafeMoon exchange is going to do. So they do that already. What, what the SafeMoon exchange is doing is changing those centralized exchanges into a, into a, 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 a CEX, DEX hybrid that is going to put the money back into our pockets. So um, when we're talking about tokenomics and cryptonomics, what people don't realize is that these centralized exchanges already do that. They're, they're, they're doing what the banks are, are doing in the, in the fiat world. So that's what we're trying to overcome by gaining listings uh, on the, um, on, on these other exchanges. But to the extent that what you guys are just talking about, um, having our own exchange, that is where the power comes from. And that is where our, um, uh, attractiveness is going to be created is because it's going to basically bypass all of those things that, that, um, the, the current centralized exchanges are doing, uh, contrary to their holders interests. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's see here. We're going to go with our final thoughts, and then we're going to end the show. Uh, TJ, your final thoughts? No, I, I think tonight was a really good show. I mean, a lot of good things, a lot of good points, a lot of good discussions. I think that, you know, stuff like this needs to actually occur in different realms as well. You know what I mean? In different spaces. And I just appreciate everybody coming up and talking and taking their time. And RJ, you were a beast today, like straight up. Truly appreciate everything that you brought to the table today. And uh, I'll definitely be looking at that whole uh, new exchange. And I truly, truly appreciate the community and, and thanks. Hey, RJ, you were a legend once again. You've been a legend before, but you became a legend even more tonight. Uh, Patron, what's up, man? What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts is that today... My gosh, the people that came up to the panel, you know, 100%, every single one of them, um, except for the one that wanted to shill another project. But uh, no, listen, we're, we're getting ready for that that exchange. That's going to be exciting, you know, anytime now. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that are going to happen. You know, February is right around the corner. So we're going to have an AMA finally. So we're going to hear from the team again. Um, I'm just ready for, for, for anything that comes along. Uh, we are in this for the long run. Um, I'm invested for a long time. That's just my, my thing to do, not a financial advice, but, you know, I think that, you know, in, in a year time frame, two years, maybe three years down the road, we're going to look back and be like, Oh my God, do you remember when we started it? Cause we're going to go somewhere and we're going to go really far. You know, the moon is you know, right around the corner. I think we're going to go to the 
Aryan belt somewhere out there in the outer space. <laughs> My man, the astronomer. Look, we had a great program again tonight. We were putting together great programs one after one. It's called stacking a program, right? One after one. Great. Look, all we got to do here, man, is just stick together and let this thing, you know, play out. Next week, I believe we're going to have some really good news. So uh, let's let's just be excited, man. We're going to have our weekend. You know, everybody relax, have a good time, spend time with your families, right? I'll be working tomorrow as normal on a Saturday. You guys won't be working. So if you're having a Saturday and it's kind of boring, just realize you're not at work, right? <laughs> Some of you are working Saturday. So those of you that are, uh, my hearts are with you as well. And those of you who are not, you know, enjoy your time, man. Because <laughs> next week, I think we're going to be talking about this a lot. Go ahead, Attic. Yeah, I got a basketball game to go to, my daughter. So uh, she did pretty good last week. Hoping she does uh, even better this week. Yeah, that's important, you know, to, to focus on all that. Because we get very wrapped up in this too, right? And you don't want it to consume you. You got to have a healthy balance. So that's important. But look, I think all the time we put in with the show, all the time we put in with, with studying this, I think you're going to see some really good developments next week. I think all of you are going to be very excited. I think it's going to be uh, very nice for all of us. And uh, as it plays out, you know, we'll be here to cover it and you'll be here to talk about it. And when we have energy and excitement in the room, it's a beautiful thing. That's when the show is really clicking. So have a good night. Enjoy your weekend. And thank you for coming on. Have a great evening. Thank you. And stay safe with the storm, okay? Stay safe. Good point. Thank you.